who is the most unlikely person to become a follower of Jesus that you know? Hmm. Take a moment to just kind of roll that around in your brain. Hmm. You have a name? Here's the amazing (laughs) news. Jesus can save that person. Pastor and author Garrett Kell is with us here this morning, and he he was with us not too long ago, Kate. Uh, one of the best books, I think, that uh, is out there, I definitely, I, I don't think I know, uh, on dealing with, uh, you know, purity and sexual sin and all of that is Pure in Heart, Sexual Sin and the Promises of God. Uh, he was with us talking about that. If if you're curious about that previous conversation, by the way, I'm sure it's a podcast, uh, Curtain Cape Mornings. Yeah. If you just text the word podcast, you can find the archive there, and you can find it uh, there. You just kind of poke around a little bit. This is a book. If you struggle with sexual sin, you need to check out this book. It's called Pure in Heart, uh, Sexual Sin and the Promises of God. By the way, text podcast for the podcast. Uh, to 888-777-6810. How do you spell podcast? P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Just checking. Podcast. You're welcome. You're you're thanked. <laughs> <laughs> podcast to 888-777-6810. All right. Uh, I ran across an article that Garrett had written, and uh, the, the, here's the title, The Stand That Saved My Soul. Mm-hmm. So Garrett joins us this morning. Hey, Garrett, welcome back. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, good Good morning. Great to be back with you. Okay, so uh, this is it's the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. However, we're going to talk about a Halloween night back in 1998. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, but I, and I would have said I was a Christian because I knew I wasn't a Hindu or a Muslim or an atheist, but I was I was most certainly not a Christian, as evidenced by the way I was I was living my life. And it was the middle of my junior year, kind of the craziest season of my life. Um, I had I had three girl roommates, I had a living girlfriend, and it was I was just not living for the Lord. And I threw a party on Halloween night, and yeah, it was going to be the most, in my mind, the most epic party of all time, you know. And I invited this buddy named Dave. Um, we went to high school together, played basketball together. Invite him down. Um, for, for a good time. And Dave, uh, Dave came down and when he, when he, when he arrived, I brought him back to my, back to my room. And I said, Hey man, got some gifts for you. And I, I had a sixer of his favorite beer. I had a, a bag of weed and I told him I had a, yeah, a girl for him to get to know for the weekend. And, uh, he, he pushed the door to, and he sat on the bed and he looked at me and he said, Hey man, I, I appreciate all of that. And he goes, but I, I don't, I don't do that anymore. And I said, I said, okay. Or yes, said, you all right. He said, yeah. He said, I, I love Jesus now, and I've come down here because I want you to know that he loves you too. Mm. And uh, to me, it was, I, I mean, I was like, okay, and I kind of blew him off a little bit. And yeah. um, and then the rest of the evening, you know, Dave stayed at the party, uh, which was uncomfortable for him, I think, because there was a lot of stuff going on. It was, it was wild, but he, he felt like the Lord wanted him, um, and he had people praying for him and encouraging him, so he, he didn't just go down by himself, but like, he he needed to make a stand and let me know that God's grace had saved him and that it could save me too. And the rest of that night kind of blew him off and kind of made fun of him a little bit. Uh, some friends are like, hey, what's up the dude on the couch? And I'm like, oh, he's a Christian. And we all kind of, ha, 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 you know, because we thought he was missing out. But, but what was happening is that I watched him. There was something about Dave that, that haunted me. 
he he had what no no bottle or blunt or relationship could give. He had a peace, and you could see it. You could see it on him. He was free in a way that I I didn't realize. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had those words for it. But I watched him and I heard what he said, and I saw he was alive in a way that I I knew I wasn't. And um, yeah, God just God used that that witness to really haunt me. And uh, he he went back home after the party, and uh, I kind of we had some conversations over the next couple of days. He kept challenging me to try and read the word. And I, I wrote him a letter um, that I'd be happy to read, read at some point. Yeah, if like you know what? <laughs> let's, let's pause right here, right now, because this, it was an email, right? Was it a letter or email? Yeah, it, it was, it was an email. Uh, okay. Basically he would, he kept, you know, witnessing. And I, and I just was like, I felt like I needed to say something to him. Yeah. You got You got to read that email. Okay. Um, so this was about two weeks after uh, he had come down. He kept, you know, we talked, and here, here's what I said to him. I said, Dave, dude, we have to talk. It, it's great and all that you're Mr. Religious now, but I want you to know that I'm worried about you. I want you to be careful that you don't go overboard and start getting all weird on me. I mean, I know you, you're going to, to church now, and that's good, and God is real and all of that, but if you don't watch it, you're going to miss out on what life is really all about. I know you're just trying to be a good boy and all, but when you came down here and you wouldn't drink, you looked like an idiot. I mean, you were just sitting there with a cork in your mouth. What is wrong with you? I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm really worried about you. I know you're just preaching at me because you're my boy and all that, but I know that I'm okay. God and I have our own little understanding. I know I get crazy now and again, but I don't think God is going to send me to hell for having a good time. I mean, he understands I'm just having a little fun. I'm not a bad person, and he knows my heart. I agree, I can get a little crazy now and again, but it's good for the soul, right? Well, enough of that. I'm sure you'll be back to normal soon, and we can smoke a fatty to celebrate. Be a good boy and tell Jesus I said hi. Mm -hmm. I wrote that some 24 years ago, um, and the reason is because I thought he was crazy. I, I thought his following of Jesus was radical. I thought it was too much. I thought I felt judged. But the problem wasn't with Dave. It was with me. I. I was in darkness. I thought I was in. I thought I was in the light, but I, but I wasn't. Yeah. So there you are. You sent out the email, and it just and the Lord just kept working on your heart. So the Lord <laughs> didn't give up on you, and neither did Dave. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> I um, well, about two weeks later after that, I was. We had another party at my at my house, and um. All of a sudden, I started feeling really convicted. I, again, I wouldn't have had that word for it. I had a sense of, of darkness around me and in me that scared me. And uh, I remember I, w I went back to the, the bathroom, and I, I looked in the mirror, and I, would, I had done some drugs, and I, I was looking in the mirror, I was like, and it began to hit me. I was, I was like, who are you? I started to feel really scared and insecure. I went in my room, and I closed the door, and I said, all right, God, if you're real, show me something. Hmm. And there's no angel or anything like that, but, but I looked down. And peeking out from underneath my bed was a Bible that my parents had given me when I went off to college. And uh, I'd always hit it because it cramped my style. But, but that evening, somehow, in God's providence, a corner of it was sticking out. And I, I picked it up, and I sat down at the, the desk, and I you know, played Bible roulette. And I just opened up. <laughs> yes. Um, which, is always which is always dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous because you never know what you're going to get. That's right? right. That's right. Well, well, that night we rolled Ezekiel 18, which... Um, which says this. This is in the New Living Translation, which was the version that my parents had given me. It says, The person who sins is the one who dies. 
But if a wicked person turns from all their sins and begins to obey the decrees, do what is just and right, they will surely live. Do you think that I like to see wicked people die, says the sovereign God? Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. Put all your rebellion behind you and find yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die? I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn and live. And, uh... (laughs) <laughs> that freaked me out because it was the first time that the Bible seemed to be talking to me. I had read parts of the Bible before, but I always just thought of it as like, it was just a storybook. But that, that night, somehow, it it sounded true. And that scared me. So I closed the Bible and opened somewhere else. Said, Let's try this somewhere, somewhere else. Opened here up, we, here uh, we go again, right? To, to, to Romans chapter 2. Yeah. And it says this, don't you see how Wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn for you from your sin, but know you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of judgment when God will judge all people according to what they have done? And that's when, that's when it hit me. Like, God and I were not okay. Hmm. Like, no matter how I compared myself with other people, somehow I knew that I was being compared with God, and then I, I fell short, and that I was in trouble. Garrett, we're on the edge of our seats here. A few weeks later, you went home on Christmas break. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I went, went back home, and, you know, in the, in the back of my mind were, were the conversations about the Lord, but I was, I, was still, I was still not a believer and still trying to find ways to, to live in my sin because I loved my sin. You know, I mean, I, I loved my sin. Um, and I, uh, I did this, took this drug called ecstasy and it, uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was on that and I started having conversations with my sister and I just, I started feeling guilty again. This, there, I had this new fresh guilt that I didn't know what to do with. And all of a sudden I start explaining to her all of the sins that I had done. And, um, I was, it was, I had, yeah, I was a bad dude, and the, the, and I was just started sharing with her thing after thing after thing, and it scared her to death. She goes, "If you keep living like this, you're going to die. You're going to kill other people. Like this is this is not good." And I became very aware that I was not well. And then all of a sudden, I got it was. And this is not something you typically happens when you're doing this drug, but I got sober. Like I had great clarity, and the first thing I thought was, "I need to call Dave," and I did. I I, I called Dave. It was like two in the morning. And he came up to my house, and uh, he he walks up. He's got tears rolling down his eyes. He's got his Bible in his hand, and uh, I said, "Man, I got I got to talk to you about about this God stuff." And he says, uh, "Do you do you know what I was doing when you called me?" I said, "No." He said, "I the same thing I've been doing every single night since I left that party at Virginia Tech. I was on my knees praying for you." And I was praying that God would make you uncomfortable in your sin, mm-hmm. that you would see it for what it is, and that you would, you'd know you need Him. And and then Dave, in a in in a, yeah, I, I think a kind but very bold, clear way, helped me to understand that the the guilt that I was feeling was God's mercy showing me that I was not right with Him, and that I was rebelling against Him, and that I was on my way to hell, and that 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 Jesus though doesn't want any to perish. And that's why he had intervened in my life and why he was pursuing me and making me feel the way I was is because he wanted me to know that I needed, I needed Jesus and not just in the way that I would have used to thought about Jesus, but I need a holy savior to die a perfect death 
uh, for me, and then to rise from the dead and to use that power to forgive, and that that's what he had done, and that he wanted to extend mercy to me if I would just turn from my sins and, and believe. And he, he told me that, that, that no matter where I'd been or what I'd done, that Jesus's blood was sufficient to pay for it all. And that was something that initially I think was hard for me because I began to become very aware of all of the things that I had done. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And what he kept telling me was keep looking to Jesus, keep looking, keep reading the Bible. And I'm not sure if it was that night or in the weeks afterwards, but, but God saved my soul. I began reading and believing, and I saw the depths of my sin, but I saw that the depths of his grace was even greater. Mm. And, and, and through Dave, I, you see, I, I didn't want Jesus. I, I, I wanted a different Jesus, one that kind of like was fine with my life the way it was. But I, I didn't want the Jesus of the Bible, the true Jesus, but for some reason he wanted me. Mm. And he pursued me through his word and through his witnessing servant, Dave. And, and God, God used that stand that Dave made at that party and the days afterwards to, to help me to see that the sin that I used to love, that it had done nothing but lie to me and deceive and steal, and that it had hurt me and it hurt everybody else around me, but that Jesus wanted to give new life and to change me. And he, <laughs> he forgave me. And, um, I've just never gotten over that, you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, even though I'm a, a pastor now, like when people, like I, I'm, I'm first a Christian, I'm first a child of God, and I, I am thankful. Like, I'm, I'm the last dude who should be a Christian. I, I did not want Jesus. I didn't care about Jesus. Holiness seemed boring and foolish, and I didn't, I just didn't want anything to do with it. But, but he, he wanted me. I don't know why, but I am, I am so forever thankful. Oh, God's grace is stronger than the hardest heart, isn't it? That's true. It is. It's very true. It's very true. And that, and that, that for me, ever since, you know, and, and, and my path after those days hasn't been perfect, right? Like when you become a Christian, all of, you're not like automatically glorified. There's this whole process of sanctification. But I, I began to walk with him. And he changed me slowly but surely, and I'm still under construction. That's one of the things I tell our church, you know, when people show up on Sundays, they're like, listen, if you're looking for the place where everybody has it together, you're at the wrong place, because there's nobody here who does. We're all under construction. Like, this is, the Lord is working and changing. He's doing that for us, but, but he radically saved me, and I'm, I'm, I'm forever thankful. Uh-huh. And it's also given me a lot of hope yeah. that no matter who, no matter who's in our life, that God can change them. If he can change me, he can change anybody. There you go. How's Dave doing today? What's he up to? Yeah, Dave's well. He's he's a he's a still a faithful follower of Jesus. He's a, a husband and a, a father, and uh, you know he's no like he's no, nobody that anybody would probably ever know in regards to like being famous or anything like that. But he's a faithful servant, loves the Lord. I reach out to him every year uh, about the same time of the year and thank him, uh, tell him I'm forever indebted to. His his uh, faithful stand. He's my best man at my wedding. Um, and, oh, uh, cool. I love that. Oh yeah. You know what? I want to be a Dave. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We yeah. all could be Daves. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what, Garrett? I thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. And I believe um, through God's amazing grace and His providence, I believe we have folks listening here this morning who needed that bit of encouragement because they have been praying for someone they know to get sick of their sin 
and bow their yep. knee, come to the foot of the cross, and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Family members, yep. friends, they needed the encouragement to keep on keeping on. And then I'm thinking that perhaps those very people may be listening here this morning as we have this real-time conversation. What do you want to say to the folks who are listening right now who are where you once were, but they just happened, air quotes, to be listening to this conversation this morning? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is, if if that is you and you hear this and you're like, I I think I know I'm not right with God. I don't know what I need, but I, I know that the way I'm going is not right. I just, I just want you to know it's not. there's no such thing as luck or chance or accident. Like you didn't just wind up hearing this message at this time. This is what we would call a divine appointment. God in His kindness is seeking you. Like this is, this is mercy. And the Bible says that if you hear His voice, don't, don't harden your heart. Like don't, don't push it away. Um, I just want you to know that if, if, if you hear this, the Lord's seeking you. And just cry out. Cry out and say, God, I don't, I don't know everything I need to know yet, but I, I want to know you. And then I encourage you to find a, a church that, that preaches the Bible, and I encourage you to get a Bible. Start in the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. Uh, you can look it up online. Google Gospel of John. Start reading. And ask God to help you to believe everything that you see there. Uh, ask Him to change you. Because I want you to know that if, no matter where you've been or what you've done, that the blood of Jesus, he, he lived a perfect life, unlike the one you've lived. And then he died on the cross, and he shed his blood to cover your sin. All of it forgiven. And then he rose, and he will give you grace. So look to him. Turn to him. He is the only way to be right with God and the only way to know the good life that he has uh, laid out for us. Mm-hmm. And then I would say to, to anybody who's listening who has maybe a spouse, a husband, or, or a wife, or, or maybe a child, um, or, or maybe just a dear friend, or whomever it may be, a coworker, that you look at this person, you're like, there's no way that they're ever going to believe. <laughs> I just want you to know, if God can save me, he can save anybody. My, after I came to the Lord, like, God saved my sister, saved my parents, saved, like, he's, he just changes people, and that's what he does. He is a God who still works miracles, and the greatest miracle is that he makes dead people come to life. Yes. Yeah. Like the, 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 the power, the power is not in your wisdom and your ability to, to, to witness right. It's the power is in the gospel. So you be faithful to tell them about Jesus and to, to live a life that's accordance with that and confess when you don't, but to point them to Jesus because Jesus can save anybody, no matter where they've been or what they've done. Mm. Amen. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's the gospel. There's the encouragement. Maybe that's you. We have uh, things set up here. If you, maybe you need to pull off to the side of the road and just pull into a parking lot and, and not put it off till later and just say, this is my moment. There is no decision you will ever make in your life that is more important than this one, receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In your own words, just like Garrett's talking about, go before the Lord He desires to save you. Cry out to him, confess your sin, repent, ask him to be Lord of your life, and he will come into your life. It's that easy, it's that simple, but it's that profound and that deep. If you need to stop and do that right now, uh, do that. But if you text the word me to the Curtin Kate hotline, we have some materials that we can send you a link to that will help you understand the decision that you're making 
and take your next steps with Jesus. So if you just text the word me, not only that, but we can also pray for you. When we see uh, your phone number pop up here, we can pray for you. Just text the word me to 888-777-6810. That's me to 888-777-6810. And Garrett, also, there are those who feel like they, you know, they did receive Jesus, but they are the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. They can come home today, too, can't they? Oh, that's, of course, yeah. And that's that's the good news is that God's grace is is ever ready. If you're hearing this, it's today is the day to turn. Uh, to, to to come home, like you know, I mean, believers still struggle with sin, and what we've got to do is, if we get ensnared in it, you've got to cry out to God, agree, yes, Lord, I've run, forgive me, and then reach out and grab a brother or sister, whatever be appropriate, and say, please, I need you to help me to walk with the Lord and get get in a good gospel community. That that that's a community that's not based on performance but is based on the grace of God that helps to lean into Jesus for strength. And he will, he will help you. But no matter where you've been or what you've done or how far you've wandered, your Heavenly Father cries out today with arms open saying, come home, come home, come home. He loves to save sinners, and he loves to keep his children all the way home, even when they, even when they wander. Mm-hmm. And if I could say one other thing briefly, just sometimes when people hear a testimony like mine, Sometimes they can be tempted to feel if they don't have a testimony like that, that God can't use them. I just want you to know that that's not from the Lord. I want you to know that you don't have to have been in all of the, the, the dirt that I was in in order for God to use you. The, any person who is a believer is a miracle. And whether God kept you from going the way that I did or saved you out of the way that, was, that I went— both of those are miracles, mm-hmm. and, and your testimony lacks no power because you say, hey, listen, if I was left to myself, I would have done all kinds of stuff. But, but God in His kindness, He saved me when I was five or six or whatever it was, and He kept me from that. Not, you know, I'm still a wanderer and I'm still a struggler, but that's no less powerful because yes. the power is not in our testimony. It's in the gospel Amen. and the God who saves us. 